This podcast contains content intended for a mature audience and is recommended for ages 18 or older. Please be aware that the content may include subjects involving sex, drugs, violence, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners. There will also be spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for podcast updates and upcoming episode announcements. On today's episode of Smut Decoded, we discuss the book The Stopover by T.L. Swan, narrated by C.J. Bloom and Sebastian York. Emily is upgraded flying first class from London to New York when she meets Jim, who is seated next to her. The two hit it off and have a night of passion when their flight had an emergency stopover in Boston. A year goes by and Emily thinks she'll never see Jim again. It's not until Emily moves from California to New York City and gets a tour on her first day of her new job when she sees Jim, since he's the CEO. Welcome to Smut Decoded. It's your favorite smut lovers. Hey, everyone. It's Natalia. What's up, y'all? It's Quinn. And I have three words for you guys. The Miles Brothers. Natalia has been on me probably for nearly a year now to read this series definitely (laughs) let me tell you guys i'm so glad i finally did i enjoyed jameson and emily so much they come from completely different worlds tl swan did a fantastic job with these characters and their overall development throughout the book I love Jameson and I love Emily. Jameson is like your typical grump. Emily was literally a spitfire and I loved both of them. I really enjoyed this book. Let's get to it, guys. I want to start off with chapter one and the plane scene. Emily was in line trying to check in. There was something with her baggage. Yes. Okay. That's what it was. Her luggage. There was a grump. You mentioned You like Jameson because he's so grumpy. There was a grump in front of her. He was totally boozed out. And he starts acting all nasty. And he throws her bag, like just chucks her bag. He gets escorted away. They take her to the front and the security guy's like, hey, can y'all take care of her? And so they upgrade her to first class. And Emily was not going to be in first class. She was going to be in coach. And so she sits down and she just has this magical connection with this hottie who introduced himself as Jim. Now, the whole Jim thing throughout the book threw me off just a little bit. And you don't, I don't think you know what I'm about to say here. My dad's name is Jim. Oh, God. (laughs) And so when she kept going, ugh. Where's Jim? I was like, that's my dad's name. <laughs> Does not make you feel any better? I have an uncle named Jim. So <laughs> I just, every time she was like, I want Jim, I'm like, oh. <laughs> anyway, they start off with some really sweet banter in the flight. And I thought it was hilarious that he was watching Lincoln or some historical movie. And she's over yes. here like, I want to watch Magic Mike, Mike. XXL. <laughs> That was the best. You know, what What really 
drew me to Emily right away. And you probably guessed this when you were reading it the first time and then you suggested it to me. She had a really hard time with the whole, oh, we're going to be in Boston. Oh, and they started getting dirty like on the plane. They're talking dirty to each other on the plane. And he was like, oh, if we only had a little time in NYC. And she's like, no, I have my interview. Then there was an ice storm and they have their emergency stopover. And he's like, it's game time. It's game time, girl. And she's sitting here having this mental struggle of the one night stand piece. Go for it. But they have, and I forgot to mention when they're on the plane, she doesn't really grasp it till later when she finds out who he really is. Oh, yeah. Yes. The Miles High Club. She was yes. like, he was like, you want to join the Miles High Club? And she was like, what? Don't you she, mean the Mile High Club? Yeah. The gym that Emily always refers to throughout the book was so relaxed compared yes. to Jameson. That's he right. was so relaxed. They had this emergency layover. They had so much fun together. And they had drinks and they were just laughing a lot. Dancing. Dancing. Guys, Jameson dancing. Jim. Jim dancing. Jim dancing. <laughs> now, I will say that, and this is a little tidbit, this is not really a spoiler or anything. There is a night when they're all together and Jameson and Emily are drunk and they're dancing so i think it's just yeah yeah, and they're grinding on each other and it was i remember this oh i loved that part i loved it dirty something it wasn't dirty dancing they i'll have to look that up before we cover the takeover they described it in a very particular way and i was like it took me right back and it's when they were playing like their what their anthem song from when they were boarding school i love that scene i really do jim He's so laid back. They have a great night. They go to the hotel and the sex between them is explosive. Yes. It is explosive. I fell in love with the Jameson Jim right there. I was like, holy ravioli, come to mama. <laughs> I think I really appreciate, and we both do this like in our real lives, We are both such dominant, strong women every single day. We're making decisions. We're Mm -hmm. taking care of whether it's our jobs or the household or whatever. We're taking care of shit. Mm -hmm. And so there is nothing sexier to me than reading about a gentleman who can come in and just Take care of the female main character and be a boss. World. That's right. Rock my world, Jameson. (laughs) And then the next morning, and Emily was actually freaking out the next morning because she was like, What happens now? His flight was before hers. He had hickeys all over his neck. And he was like, Woman, like, what did you do to my neck? And she thought it was the funniest thing ever. She gave him his scarf and remember this scarf for later because this is going to come up again. This this scarf, the scarf situation is adorable, I think. It really is. So he actually wore her scarf and (laughs) he had to go straight from his, he had an early morning meeting. He went straight to a meeting. And 
I think that did the scarf have her initials on it? It did. It had the F on them. Yes. And that's when he started calling her a fuck bunny, right? Yes. It, my little you know, fuck bunny. My little fuck bunny. And that was his nickname. I'm completely okay with that nickname. I'm okay with that. <laughs> she had no problem with it either. So he wore her scarf. And he just basically was like, have a good day. Have a nice yeah, flight. Thanks, thanks for the great time. I'm out. And let me go back to the hickey really quick. I love hickeys. I, know I think you do. they're great. If Silas gives me a hickey, I love looking at it. It turns me on when I see it in the mirror. <laughs> sidebar, and- guys. Sidebar. Okay. She'll send me <laughs> pictures of her hickey on her neck. And I'm like, Quinn. <laughs> Quinn. I mean, we're not we're not in high school anymore, Quinn. Like, you I have care. to cover that shit up. Uh, I and do. And she's like, I love looking at it. And I'm like, <laughs> there's so many other places he can put on that, you know. And she was like, I just love looking at she. She loves hickeys on her neck. Well, so Emily describes it. Jim made her feel mm-hmm. so animalistic mm-hmm. that she could not contain herself. That is some heavy ass passion right there. And to just bite the shit out of his neck, I just, I had to revisit that for a second. So yeah, Jameson leaves the hotel or Jim, excuse me, because she doesn't know it's Jameson yet and doesn't ask for her number. I don't even think at this point they know each other's last names. They just know they're Jim and Emily. And she's like, okay, guess that's what it is. And she's right in her head. She's like, he didn't ask for my number. You know, she was just confused, but not really sure what to do with herself. And right. she missed the interview because of the ice storm. Yes. So there but, was no interview anymore. But then after that, we fast forward to 12 months later. Mm-hmm. And this is 12 months of no contact between Emily and Jim. And I'm going to remind you that Emily is from California. She gets a job at Miles Media and moves from California to New York. At this time, she has this, oh my God, this loser boyfriend named Robbie. They actually went to high school together. Right. They didn't date in high school, but he was the quarterback. She was a cheerleader. He got injured. He was either getting drafted for the NFL or in yeah, the NFL. It was like, something like that. He gave up pretty much. Yes. Lazy. On, on life in general. Not supportive. He was living with his mom. In their garage. In their garage. And he yeah. did not want to go with Emily. When she got to New York, she kept checking her phone and was like, okay, why hasn't he called to check in on me to see how my flight was, to see how things are going? At this point, I'm like, girl, you deserve better. He was more concerned with his video games, and she just felt like there was no support from him. Like, he just really didn't care. He never called her. He never no. called her, texted never, her. He never, never gave checked her on the her. time of day. And never said, hey, good luck on your new job. Nothing like that. No. Let's do her first date. This was oh, super yes. fun. This is when th- things get interesting. It is. She walks into Miles Media. And this is like in her space in in the media world. She's a journalist. This is her dream job. This is what, this is the it company. So she goes in, she finds her desk, which apparently she's on floor 40. It's very rare to start on floor 40. The management is up on the top floor. She starts on a very high floor for a new hire. 
and she meets her desk mates, Aaron, Molly, and Ava, I think. Ava. She meets all of them. She gets acquainted or whatever. And then someone comes around from HR and says, I'm going to take you on a tour. They show her like there's a gym and there's all this stuff. And then they go, oh, is Mr. Miles accepting visitors? Because he will or will not accept visitors on any given day. And so they go up there and he's taking visitors. Lo and behold, when she walks in the freaking CEO's office, it's Jameson Miles. They they both realize, OMG, like, it's you, it's me, oh, hey. And she's shocked. And then he smirks. <laughs> Her internal dialogue in that moment, because Jameson kicked the HR lady out. Yes. And she, in her mind, she's like, does she know I, like, fucked our boss? <laughs> right. She gives him attitude. She's it, not having it. It dawns on her when she realizes his name is actually Jameson Miles. <laughs> she's like, the Miles High Club? Really? I loved then- that part. She realized what he meant. Like, and but the chemistry between them at that moment was still there big time. And it's just the fact that they were both in shock. She was more pissed off. And he was just an arrogant smirk on his face, pretty much. Oh yeah. We have a little time here where He keeps trying to find ways to see her or make comments. He sends her some emails. And like you said, she gives him attitude right back the whole time. She's like, I'm not coming. And he's like, you need to meet me in my office this time. And she's like, is it work related? I can bring (laughs) my team with me. And he's like, come alone. And she's like, sorry, logging off. Bye. (laughs) And they get to the point where he asks her out to dinner a couple times. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Get out. Like, leave me alone. I don't do that. And I'll be frank. Homegirl stayed strong. Mm-hmm. You have this loser asshole at home. A week went by and she called him twice. So she hasn't heard from this dude. You have this hot ass CEO who, yeah, he didn't get your number. Yeah, he didn't know your last name. But now he's like, hey, come to dinner with me. And she's like, ooh, I have a boyfriend. They end up giving her a secret assignment. Right, because she discovers that somebody is, you know, taking her articles. And when she goes to turn it in by the deadline, their rival media company is printing it before. She realized because she actually printed a mistake and they and they printed the mistake. Yep. And so that's when she brings it to Jameson. And that's when we meet Tristan, who mm. knows Tristan Miles. I he love Tristan. Is and for anyone who needs like a little refresher, there's four Miles brothers. Mm-hmm. There's Jameson, Tristan, Chris, and Elliot. Jameson and Tristan run the New York office and the other two brothers run the London office. Tristan and Jameson are very close because they work together. They give her this assignment, right? And they're like, okay, you're going to start coming up with articles. And she's like, what he's like you're gonna make fake articles and she's like about what and he was like whatever you want because he wanted wait 
What? Rewind. What? <laughs> Before Tristan, I, rem- I just remembered something. Before, when he's telling her about this fake assignment, and before Tristan came into the office, she was like, what do you want me to write about? And he says, love bites. <laughs> That's a good detail. Well, and, and you know what's funny? She gets pissed about these fake articles. Yeah, she does. She's frustrated because when she shows him her first fake article about the weather, he's his true Jameson form temper tantrum. He's like, I don't want anything about the weather. And she's like, I asked you. What you want me to write about? You told me to pick what, whatever. I spent four hours writing this. So if you're not going to accept it, then tell me what to write about. And that's when he was just like a murder, a fake murder case. And it's just funny because like Tristan is observing this and soaking it all in and smirking because he knew about what happened between Jameson and Emily. He knew about the hickeys. <laughs> <laughs> and the brothers do not let him down about it they a don't. year after they do not let him down they actually start working closer together yeah and she got pissed because she finally has her dream job left her boyfriend she left her entire family she leaves california which is her home she moves to nyc and now her fuck her airport fuck buddy or whatever, her airport fling, one night stand is like, write me some fake articles. And she's like, what the fuck? How and then he I wants to for? like joke around and be like, love bites. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> so she actually makes, do you want to talk about when she goes home? Because I think yeah. that's a crucial part in Emily's oh, yeah. personality. So she goes home to visit her family and when she visits Robbie, she realizes she's sitting in his garage apartment garage, and he's playing a game and he's not even trying to like be intimate with her. He's just like, hey, you're in the way. And she's like, Robbie, there's so much opportunity in New York. Like you would love it. Just come with me. And he's like, no, I don't have to pay rent here. I'm fine. Like, why would I leave? Loser. And that's when she's like, okay i'm done like i'm done she returns home and i think that was a big pivotal moment like her because when she returns home she told jameson that she was single he jumped right on that he did originally he kept telling her you need to get rid of your boyfriend yeah and you need to come have dinner with me and you need to do this and and you mentioned earlier how he's like broody alpha hole possessive grump right Mm -hmm. she goes out with ava so we know that she goes out with molly and aaron as much as she can like they go to dinner they get drinks whatever but she goes out with ava and they're club hopping and this bigger blonde guy is dancing upon her jameson just happens to be there and that's when I'm pretty sure that the first time her and Jameson have an interaction because he like shoves her up against the wall. He puts his knee in between her legs. They start mm. making out in the club. And then after that, they just, they really can't stay away from each other. And they have yet another hot, passionate, she's almost like 
well, maybe it's not going to be as passionate again. Maybe that was a one-time thing and it wasn't. It was still just as hot, just as dirty. He is a possessive, a possessive motherfucker between the sheets. But it's so hot. Oh, yeah. He really gets into the throes of passion too. Like, and the way she describes it, like he throws his head back when he's like really into it. And I'm like, he is just. And so their relationship. I remember when I'm pretty sure he heavily moans. And she, (laughs) I wish everyone could see my face right now because I just, I get really excited. Like when, okay, I'm not going to go there. Um, (laughs) When, (laughs) when, when he's like, like you said, super passionate, he's really into it. He's moaning and she's just like, this is the hottest thing I've ever seen. And I love that about them. But he's also passionate in other areas of life as well. Emily realizes that as part of Jameson's job, and I don't want to just blame it on his job. I think Jameson is a very passionate person about his company, about his family, about his brothers, whatever. She realizes, hey, this dude is stressed. Where is Jim? I'm growing to get to know Jameson. Where is Jim? But but I want Jim. She would go into his office and he's drinking scotch at before lunchtime and he's stressed. Jameson's always stressed. Jameson is dramatic as fuck. Okay. Pretty much all the Miles brothers are dramatic as shit. But Jameson is... He is your typical uppity rich boy. They grew up with privilege, right? They did. They went to boarding school. And honestly, in reality, this wouldn't be okay. People might see this. But in this book, I'm totally fine with Jameson looking at me and saying, thinking I'm a peasant because I'm, I'm below <laughs> him. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. We're all peasants to Jameson. And that's okay. Because so then Emily gets to this point where she's like, I need Jim and you need to de-stress before you croak at a young age. Yes. He wants to really move things forward with her. And she's like, look, I'll make a deal with you. We can do things your way sometimes, but you have to agree to have some kind of getaway. You need to get away from the stress. From New York City. Because he couldn't, even when they tried to spend time together in New York City, he would not fully shut off. He right. couldn't turn the CEO off. And he was, he got offended. He was like, this is my city. I grew up here. And he got offended. She was like, slow down. Yes. Let's just try it my way. And yes. so she borrowed, <laughs> she borrowed Molly's ex-husband's. Michael. Yep. His tent. It, his tent. And his, campy. and his truck. <laughs> some old vehicle and all his camping equipment and who is okay i forgot the name of a jameson's driver oh god i did too i'll look it up you talk about the truck yes so jameson's driver sees all this going and he actually he holds in his laughter but he's loving observing all this with jameson and so when emily's like look i booked us a weekend to get away and he's like okay great And then when he goes outside and sees the vehicle that they're taking, he's like, what the fuck is this? Literally, like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, we're going camping. 
can you drive a stick? And he was like, move over, I'll drive. And so when they get to where they're going, they get to this clearing up in the mountains-ish. There's a lake. And she was like, okay, this is it. And he's like, what do you mean this is it? And the whole camping situation was dramatic. I laughed the whole time because, first of all, setting up the tent was an act of Congress. Literally. He stood there trying to read the directions. And she's the one doing the labor of putting the tent together. I she loved strips. this part. Also, Me too. I, I looked it up. The driver's name was Alan. Alan, yes. Yes. Alan was funny. He was a funny sub-character because he's been working for Jameson for a long time and he knows how dramatic he is. And so when he saw Jameson's reaction of the truck, he was just like, have a good weekend. (laughs) Well, and do you remember the name they had for the truck? (laughs) No, I don't. What was it? Molly goes... Take Michael's pickup truck, Bessie. Bessie. <laughs> and then eventually they call her, I'm pretty sure it's Bitchy Bessie. Because Bitchy Bessie. Jameson's like, this thing is going to break down. Yeah. We're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. He hated that truck so much. Emily basically does all the labor while he just stands there and like spits out directions. And then it gets, and then so she sets out the camp and stuff and the chairs and they sit down. And he goes, okay, what do we do now? She goes, this is it. We relax. And he was like, what the fuck? And then literally he's having a fucking panic attack because he's getting eaten by mosquitoes. And he uses like a whole can of off on himself. What was two funny things that happened afterwards was when Emily decides that she's going to go skinny dipping in the lake. And Jameson is like, fuck that. Like, why do you want to get in there? It's I'm disgusting. Not, he's like, I'm not getting in dirty water. There's organisms in there. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, you don't know what they have in there. And she's like, okay, I'll go by myself. And she's butt naked and she dives in and he goes, man, fuck. And he takes off everything but his boxers. He had his boxers on. Yeah. And he was scared to take off his boxers because he didn't want something, an organism. Did you ever watch, did you ever watch House back in the day? No, but I did watch Grey's Anatomy where a guy had something in his peen from the Amazon. He does go skinny dipping with her. Then when they're sleeping and it starts raining and he's like, fuck. It starts raining and the stakes that hold the tent down start coming off and he's going outside and he's trying to stake it back down and all this. And she's sitting there and she's laughing. And then all of a sudden, like, the whole tent just basically they hear a big rip and the tent rips apart and Jameson's standing in the rain he's like fuck me <laughs> and she just looks at him she's like you want to go to a hotel and actually the hotel that they go to was not even that great that the, night the first place they stopped was sketch as fuck yeah and he was like I'm not doing this no <laughs> yeah I'm not doing this I really love that. That was probably one of my favorite parts. Oh, the camping trip was for sure one of my favorite parts. They stay at the shitty hotel. And then they eventually, I think they went to like a travel desk or some type of, because they're in New Jersey at this point. They are away from New York City. And they go to this travel lodge and they're like, we really want to find either a cute little bed and breakfast or some secluded place. Like, what do you recommend? 
And she was like, oh, we have this, she called it like a barn house or something. It reminded me, the name of it reminded me of Arendelle from Frozen. So I kept thinking Arendelle or Arendelle Farm. And um, yeah, that farmhouse. Yes. And it was on like a large amount of acres and yeah. And they fell in love with it. They did. They see all the rolling hills and it was actually a big, beautiful property. It was secluded enough for Emily and quaint enough where she was like, okay, this, this is great for what we need. And it was enough for him not to feel like he was in the slums, if you will, but still enough to like, he felt comfortable staying there, which I thought was super important because he finally let his, his guard down. They had this fantastic weekend and it ended up really recharging him, if you will. Mm -hmm. She realized that that was the kind of getaway that he needed. Yeah. I really enjoyed their camping trip and that farmhouse actually comes in later because Emily really loved it. All while this is happening, we find out that Okay, hold on. Let me take a step back. She did research on him right after she found out his first and last name. She looked up his family history. She dug into him a little bit because she didn't know. And she found out that he was actually previously engaged. Now, it hadn't been for quite some time. And she's like, okay, so like, I'm not going to worry about her or whatever. In one of the next Jameson chapters, he goes to meet Claudia. Claudia was his ex-fiance. And but he you know, goes to London for work. He does. He does. He goes to London for work for a whole week and they actually speak every day. She can tell there was a shift. Emily says in her inner dog, she's like, she can tell he's talking to her every day, checking on her. She noticed there was a huge, huge shift. While he's in London, he's like, let me make this stop. Like you said, there was a shift and something yeah. clicked for him where he was like, This is more than what I originally thought it was. Mm -hmm. And so he, I was actually really pissed when he first was like knocking on Claudia's apartment door or whatever, because she's editor in chief of the Vogue UK magazine. She's kind of a big deal. And I even think at one point, Emily read that they didn't really have a nasty breakup. It just fizzled out. She got offered that job. Mm -hmm. and moved to London. And then, so they came up with a five-year plan. They'll break up for five years and do what they need to do, get their shit together. And then, you know, they would try again. Right. So Jameson goes to Claudia's apartment and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. I've missed you so much. And she like tries to, right. I was like, no way is he going to do this. And he was like, well, take a step back. Claude, I've met someone and she's fantastic or she's amazing. And she had a really hard time. Like I felt borderline bad for her in that moment, but not bad enough because obviously I was team Emily, but she's sitting there starting to freak out on him. This is not what you want. We had a plan. We love each other. You asked me to marry you. And he's like, no. I love this girl. I am going to marry her. I see a future with her. I came here to tell you I'm done. And T.L. Swan really, I wasn't expecting this. When we first learned about Claudia, I was like, oh, she's a workaholic. Emily doesn't have to worry about her. 
Then he leaves London. He feels so much lighter. And we figure out that was why he never asked for her number. He never asked for her name. He never asked for her number because Claudia and him, they were seeing other people. They were fucking other people. And so technically what he and Emily did was okay. He just never expected to actually fall for her. Then he comes back to New York and Jameson's like, I want to hit the ground running. We got to do everything right now. You're moving in with me. We're doing all the things. And Emily's like, okay. Slow down. Slow down. (laughs) She's like, like, where is this coming from? You literally were gone. You came back and now you're full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, Jameson is very all or nothing. He's either in or he's not. Mm -hmm. I immediately did not like Claudia from the minute he stepped into her apartment. This is when things really start to spiral. First of all, things with James and Emily are going great. Yes. And Claudia, what does Claudia do, Quinn? I'll admit to our listeners, I can't remember if the scandal happens first or if she moves back first. Back first. Because Emily walks in on them in the office. You're right. So this bitch comes in and is like, okay, Jameson, I put in my two weeks notice and we're all like, or I, I quit Vogue. What? To pursue Jameson. You quit Vogue UK to move back to to New York City for someone who's taken? And then Emily walks in. Let me tell you, Nat. If I walked into my hot-ass CEO boyfriend's office. Oh, it would have been on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) And I saw his ex-fiance in there, and they're embraced, and they're hugging. I would have been like, what the fuck is this bitch doing in your office? Emily's like, get out. But she's so (laughs) mature about it because she sees on Jameson's face because he actually takes her to to his side and he's like, Claudia, I want to introduce you to my girlfriend, Emily. Emily, Mm -hmm. this is Claudia. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I'm going to give y'all some time. She was very mature about it. And I'm like, props to you, girl, because I would not have been mature in that situation. And what I loved about this part is that he told Claudia that he loved her, that he loved Emily. He was in love with her. And he was like, she's it. And she's who I want to be with. At this point, I'm like, oh, God, things are going good. And then it's not. So as we talked about the whole little side job, the investigation thing that Emily Tristan and Jameson are doing, trying to figure out who's doing the scamming and all that. Was it Jacob? Was his name Jacob? It was Jake. Because Jake was supposed to be the one helping figure out who, like, investigate things, correct? Yeah. Jameson and Tristan hired, like, an investigation team who came in and they were watching Hayden, who is who Emily gave her stories to. Right. Jake one day was just like, hey, I want to talk to you about some stuff, but we can't talk about it at the office. Let's go grab a drink. She had talked to Jake a lot. She had interactions with him, with meetings with Jameson. She didn't think it was a big deal. So after work one day, they went to grab a drink at a local restaurant. And when they're talking, he just like up and kissed her. He did. She pulled back. She was like, what the fuck? And he was like, this was a date. And she was like, no, this was not a fucking date. 
let me remind y'all that when Jameson got back from London, he announced their relationship. They were together out in the open at work. It was a known thing with his family. She had already met his family. So she was completely blindsided. This was a setup. Someone took a picture and it hit the tabloids. Well, and she had told Jameson, because she didn't want to stress him out, right? Right. She had told him that she was meeting Aaron and Molly because Molly was having some type of issues or Aaron's boyfriend was doing whatever. Like she made up an excuse. Jameson thought she was out with her friends, so she lied. And that was when she was out with Jake. It shows up in the papers and all his brothers show up at the apartment. I remember they're all in that the limo and Tristan is the one that went to bat for Emily. He was like, I don't think she would intentionally do this. And he even pointed out in the picture, you can tell she's like shocked and trying to pull away almost. And not only that, but Jake had specifically told Emily in the break room, I know something about Jameson and shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah. Jameson was then also being accused of embezzling I mean, millions upon millions of dollars. So things were just really, a lot was going on. And Elliot and Chris, Elliot was more skeptical, like, oh, you need to be careful with this, Jameson. But Tristan- Elliot was pissed. Yes. Elliot was hanging Emily out to dry, mm -hmm. telling Jameson, I can't believe, like, what is going on? It was actually, this, this part of the book was really heartbreaking. It really messed with my emotions. I was really pissed at Jameson. Tristan was the one out of all his brothers that was around her the most. Tristan would not steer him the wrong way. He really values what Tristan says. And the fact that he just, I mean, he pretty much cut Emily off, but in a very horrible way. So, (laughs) and I think this is the point. This is the part where I think you, Quinn, well, so remember I texted you and I said, yeah. when is shit going to hit the fan? Because it's it's too perfect. And you were like, bro, it's about to happen. Yeah. And so- You did that with the takeover too. <laughs> I did. What was really hard here, because like we said, when he came back from London, he flipped the switch. He was all in, ready to go. And don't get me wrong. Jameson's the CEO of a huge company. It's a family legacy. Like at the time, Jameson is 37, 38, and Emily's around 30-ish. It's seven or eight-year age gap. Yeah, because Tristan is 34. So Jameson being accused of embezzling, he has the board pressure. This is his, this is literally his family freaking business. So he feels all this pressure, but he completely ices Emily out. Emily doesn't even know what's happening until she's in the back of the limo. She thinks Alan is taking her to work and he pulls up in front of the apartment and he's like, Hey, you got to get out. You got to go. And she's like, I don't even know what's happening. What are you talking about? She walks across the street and grabs a Ferrera Gazette. Oh, how do you, okay. Ferrera. I can't roll For, my R's. Ferrera. Ferrera. I said Ferrera. Because it's Gabriel is Jameson's rival, right? Yes, Gabriel. Yes. He says it with the rolling R, but I think I want to say I can't roll my R's. (laughs) Gabriel actually says to Emily at the media awards where Jameson or Miles Media lost, 
I like to take everything from Jameson Miles, including mm-hmm. his women. And I was like, oh shit, like, are we going to expand on that or what? Regardless, she picks up the Gazette. She sees that her and Jake are on the front page. She sees the kiss. And basically it says, hey, Jameson Miles is being accused of embezzling millions upon millions of dollars. They called her his fiance, which I thought was interesting because he had not proposed. They were just in a relationship. And they were like, oh, Emily got out just in time. So she's completely like, well, Jameson's not going to believe this. There's Mm -hmm. no way he's going to believe that I would do this because he loves me and we're doing the thing. And this was devastating. The way that he would not text her, would not answer her phone calls. In fact, do you remember who her lifeline was basically at Miles Media? Tristan? Tristan. Freaking Tristan answered her phone calls Mm -hmm. and messaged her and told her what was going on. Mm -hmm. And all the while, Jameson's doing his runs. He's burning off steam. He actually keeps running by her apartment. He misses her, but he keeps telling people, no, she lied to me. I can't trust her. Even if it is true that she wasn't with Jake behind my back, she still lied to me about where she was. Jameson took that really hard. But he did something that was really a low blow. He did. The second stopover. The second stopover. This was after he was hospitalized, though, for assault. (laughs) Or he got hospitalized because he got hit by a car after he punched Gabriel in the face repeatedly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And Emily was crucial in finding him, being part of the search party, and then he's still fucking icing her out until, like you said, he texts her. They met up at a hotel. It was an airport hotel bar. Oh, God. I hated this part. (laughs) He texted her to meet at this airport hotel. And they had an amazing night together. They literally did this thing where it was like almost like a a role play. They start all over. He introduces himself, buys her drinks, and they have a great night. And they have explosive sex. Well, she got caught off guard because... Once they became serious, he stopped wearing condoms because she was on birth control. Mm -hmm. And that was a big deal for them because there was a point of time where he wore condoms every single time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, because you just don't know. And the only time he stopped wearing them was when he went all in with the situation. When finally they're doing it at the hotel – He's like putting one on and she's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why he's doing this, but she goes along with it anyway, because at this point, she's just so excited that they're there. She thinks they're kind of having some sort of turning point. The thoughts that were going through her head were super optimistic. The next morning comes along and he's just kind of like, well, Emily, I'm saying goodbye. And my heart shattered. I wanted to throw up. I was fucking pissed. I was too. (laughs) I was like, what? What? Like, I, when that happened, I I remember like, I just, and I did the audiobook for this. And so I had to pause it. I did too. 
at certain points. I was doing audio, but then I got so obsessed and I had to finish that I switched to eyeball reading so I could go faster. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I was so, and what makes it worse, he just basically gets dressed and leaves. After this, it's even more heart shattering because she starts seeing Jameson with Claudia around mm-hmm. the city. They were walking down the street together when yes, she was and getting I'm lunch. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Jameson? I wanted to go through Audible and kick his ass. I really did. Emily's pain, like you could feel it. I could feel her pain. It was heart shattering for her because she felt betrayed by him because he didn't even give her the time of day to really even explain it herself. My heart truly hurt for her. But when he finally came around, mm-hmm. his mom actually helped with that. I don't want to give any spoilers for the takeover, so I won't talk about their mother, but she basically tells Jameson, look, you are one of the most selfless people I know. And you're pushing this girl away. Like you said, he hasn't given her the time of day. He won't even talk to her. And she said, because you think not only is it better for you, but that it's better for her deep down. He thought he would continue to disappoint her because he was going to be the CEO. He was going to live that life. And he loved her so much that he thought there's always going to be a scandal. There's always going to be someone trying to pin something on her. And his mom was like, Jameson, for once in your life, be selfish. Yeah. Yes. And go get your girl. And he went to get his girl, but she did not make it easy. No, but I loved every second of it. I loved it. I loved it. And you know, a part of me, because I love Jameson so much, I was like, oh, Emily, just give in. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? He groveled. He groveled. And he waited at her apartment every day. He did. He walked with her every day. He rode the bus. Oh, he rode the bus. Remember when he was like, I can't believe you're. Yeah. He was and he so was like, <laughs> he was like so uppity. He was like, you know, he's basically riding the bus with peasants because we're all peasants in the eyes of Jameson Miles. He was basically like, how do you not catch diseases on here? Right. He said something ridiculous. <laughs> this goes on. She makes him grab off for a good bit. And he was really invested. He wanted to prove to her that he could give her the time and everything that she deserves. And here, the thing, Quinn thinks that Emily could have pushed Jameson a little harder, but I mean, come on, how long are we going to let that last? You got to give into that beautiful man eventually. You do. I want to go back to when he was kind of starting his groveling-ish. Do you remember when she like beat the shit out of the yellow roses he gave her? Yes. (laughs) He was like, (laughs) he was like. He was talking to Tristan. He was like, I'm, I was trying to symbolize, you know, I want to talk, blah, blah, blah. And Tristan's like, yellow means friendship, asshole. What in the yes. fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Leave it up to Tristan. He says the funniest shit. <laughs> and he's like, no, she loves you and you show up with fucking yellow roses. <laughs> yeah. And she like – was tearing the rosebuds mm-hmm. and the petals everywhere and then chucking the rest of the bouquet in the street. So overall, overall, it, I loved, I loved them. And, yeah. and what I really loved was at the end, the way he proposed, <laughs> <laughs> he 
they end up moving in together and he proposed, but the way he proposed they're at work, Tristan comes in with this boom box on his shoulder, right? <gasps> well, because she was no longer at Miles Media. She put in her, her time. Effective yeah. immediately, she quit. And, and she went and worked for that other lady, her internship lady. Yes. Yes. So he popped up. Tristan has this boom. Was he playing If You Like Pina Coladas? And, and getting caught and in, the rain. in the rain. <laughs> and so he's he has his boombox on his shoulder and he's like, I'm the DJ. And it's just like. <laughs> I'm just the DJ. Of course yeah. you are, Tristan. And he gets down on one knee and asks for her to marry him. And I just thought it was so random having Tristan with the boombox and the. <laughs> Well, again, Jameson Miles is above everybody, yeah. whether whether it's just in his mind or he's next level. Yeah. And so you have Jameson Miles, CEO, and Tristan was like the head of mergers and acquisitions, but he's also the C-suite or very high up. So you have these two very high level people from Miles Media walking in this smaller place of work, literally... <laughs> With the boombox on their shoulder playing this song. And you and she, yes. And then he just, oh, that was a great proposal. It was. At one point, she had told him that she wanted the cheesiest proposal. And he was like, okay, noted. <laughs> noted. And he came through. He did. I really loved, you know, I struggle with female main characters. Yes. I guess our listeners don't know. I really struggle sometimes to connect with female main characters. But then also if I'm listening to a book, I do struggle with female narrators as well. Sometimes it's very hard for me to connect. And you know why I think that is? Sometimes I put myself in the spot of the FMC. So when I'm reading it, it's like, it's my point of view. And that probably Mm -hmm. sounds weird, but, but anyway, I enjoyed Emily's sass. Mm -hmm. I love that T.L. Swan was not afraid to have a straight up bitchy FMC because I feel like even though we're in 2023, there's still such a stigma around women and like, oh, if you're bitchy, you're too bitchy. But if you're sweet, then you're a pushover. Yeah, like women need to stay in their lane pretty much. But then when we're in our lane, it's never the right lane at the right Mm -hmm. time. And so T.L. Swan just took it to a whole nother level. And and Emily was like, I don't give a fuck. This is me. And Mm -hmm. I loved that about her and that writing. Yeah. And I'll say this. I got Quinn to read The Takeover. So we will do an episode (sighs) on The Takeover. I promise you guys we will. Because honestly, The Takeover is... And I love the entire series. The Miles High series is my palate cleanser series. But the stopover and the takeover are two palate cleanser books, basically. When I'm just in between really my dark reads, I have read a takeover like five times and it doesn't get old. I still laugh my ass off. I still swoon. I still, I'm like, what the fuck? So we're going to do an episode on the whole series. But what I can't wait to talk about is actually throughout this entire series, you see the development of Jameson and Emily in every book. And I love it because I can't wait. First of all, I will say this. Jameson does not change into the fact that he's still dramatic as shit. <laughs> okay. But 
I absolutely love the development of them in the takeover. James and Emily do come up. I love how T.L. Swan did this series because she did it all as standalones, but there's still character development throughout the entire thing and of their relationships. And I'm so excited to talk about that. And I'm excited for Quinn to eventually finish reading everything. I'm not going to rush her. She did the takeover and I'm very proud. I honestly wanted to jump into Casanova, especially that. Well, what I love about this series, and I mean, I would have read it anyway, but this series is one of the books that for Kindle Unlimited, you can read and listen to for free. Yes. Sidebar to our readers. So I loved that and it was very easy for me to just click over. I did start reading Holly Renee's Kingdom series. Once I finished that, I might hop back over to Casanova because I'm already ready to go back to the Miles. I'm actually rereading a series right now. What are you reading? The Wolf Hotel series. Oh, that's right. I want to meet Henry Wolf so bad. God. (laughs) He's almost like a Jameson. Seriously. I mean, I love Tristan, but I love the broody assholes. I think Jameson is still my favorite. Henry is a broody asshole and he is a possessive fucking beautiful man (laughs) in the bed. It is amazing. He's also frustrating like Jameson. So you'll, you'll love it. That is it for tonight. Oh, you know what we forgot to talk about? Tell me. We forgot to mention the scarf. Oh, how did so we that forget, forget the scarves? Oh so my god. Guys, real quick before we get off, let's backtrack to when a year goes by, Emily and Jameson start forming an intimate relationship. She finds her scarf in his closet and he admits to her that entire year that they were separated, he traveled with her scarf everywhere that he went. He Unfucking it. real. I was like, marry me now. (laughs) Wipe me off the freaking floor. And when she found the scarf in his drawer, she was like, oh my God, he kept it. He had his little drawer of Rolexes. Yeah. And and her scarf was right in there, right next to his Rolexes. He loves loves his puck bunny. Yeah. I cannot believe we forgot the scarf. It's okay. At least we brought it up at the end. (laughs) But I'm glad I remembered it. I'm glad you remembered it too. Have a good night, good guys. night, you guys. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode on Smut Decoded. Smut Decoded was created and produced by us, Natalia and Quinn. If you want to chat with us about an episode or send us any book recommendations, join our Smut Decoded discussion group on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. <laughs>